What's up, Internet? You're tuned into episode 90 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. The concussion that took out Pete last week has grown, and now it's taken. Thompson, oh, we're no. down to a two-man show this week. Man, Marco also was concussed this week on the Comics oh, Pals. Oh, no. It's just, it's just I, taking over. Uh, Concussion Watch 2019, you heard it here first, folks. This may be the end of uh, civilization as we know it, as the concussions overtake us all. <laughs> oh, man. It's unbelievable. But, hey, I'm here. You're here. We've got a show. we got a show. We're still going. Soldiering on in honor of our fallen friends. Uh, I'm joined today by the Guildmaster... Mr. Sean Bartley, how you been, Sean? Hello, hello. I've been well, uh, trying to avoid this awful weather uh, and uh, hoping it doesn't get any worse than it is. Oh, you guys are having weather up there? A little weather. Uh, outside it is raining and uh, it's cold, but, um, you know, if, if this is all we get, I'm cool. I mean, they promised us a snowstorm. I don't see it. All right. That is... A little disappointing if you're looking forward to a snowstorm, but cold and rainy is not the end of the world. Um, that took a weird turn for a video game podcast, gotta say. Hey man, listen, <laughs> we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. If we have to talk about a little bit of weather, that's okay. All right. Uh, you played any games this week, Sean? Boy, did I. Um, <clears throat> I played quite a bit of Smash Brothers this week. Uh, watched quite a bit of Smash Brothers as well. Um, you know, I, I hate to keep talking about it over and over again, you know, you can but talk about smash forever. <laughs> oh, I can. Um, and it's just, it's just so fun, man. It's so fun. Uh, I had a, you know, a friend of mine over and, you know, we just, we played, we played all night. We just, we just did it. And it, that's, and it, oh, it never, that's the greatest. Yeah. It never gets tiresome or boring or anything of that nature. You just, you know, it's a really, really good time. It's a tight game. And, uh, I, I personally am feeling like, um, there's so much to explore with each and every character that I, you know, I don't feel like I'm ever like, eh, I don't want to play this guy anymore. You know, or I'm not interested in this character. Even characters that I typically wouldn't pick, I'm like, ah, Palutena, why not? You know? Um, Yes, Palutena doesn't feel that changed, except she's fun now and I don't get it. She's very fun. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, And again, watching a lot of Smash tournaments, it just feels like the community is very vibrant right now. People are excited about Smash Brothers in a way that, you know, I'm not even super sure they were for Wii U Smash. Uh, that was an exciting time, but this feels different for some reason. Maybe it has to do with the fact that it's on Switch. I don't know. But uh, they really put their best foot forward. And so it's just it's just a great game. Yeah, I am also really enjoying it. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Who's your, who's your main? Wow. Uh, so this time around, I, I, I can't really say I have a main because... There are so many characters that I really enjoy and that I've been uh, focusing on. I've been playing a lot of Wolf. Um, okay. And I'm really enjoying him. I've been playing a lot of Incineroar and uh, Roy. Those are the three characters that... Uh, Roy. Yeah. He's your boy. <laughs> um, my picks tend to be influenced partially by characters that I just like and then also characters who are meta. So uh, the three characters I just mentioned, you, you, you'll see a lot in tournaments, but 
Um, I happen to really like them too. Uh, it's not like you're playing Crom. No, no, uh, <laughs> not, not I'm not really interested in Crom actually. Yeah, I've seen Crom a lot in the limited amount of like tournament play I've watched for Smash Ultimate. Well, yeah, Crom is up there. Um, he's he's strong. <laughs> right now, though, the the top dog appears to be Snake. That makes my heart happy, but also makes me feel sad because it feels like it's cheap when I'm playing Snake. <laughs> Have you ever, uh, well, maybe you've had this interaction where if you taunt and he goes under his box, the opposing player can go up to you and take the box off of you? <laughs> <laughs> I was not aware that could happen, but that's great. The best part about it is that if you do that, Snake will still do the animation as if he's taking the box <laughs> off himself. <laughs> Oh man, I love oh, it. Oh my, that's incredible. I got to try that. Yeah, yeah, you do. He's a he's a very strong character. Very good. Yeah. Um I'm also really loving Smash Ultimate. It's basically the only thing I played this week cuz I didn't have a ton of time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so easy to just be like, yeah, I'll jump on and play one or two matches online or like run through classic mode once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm so happy that Smash Ultimate exists in the way it does. I gotta tell you, I still have yet to play an online match. How how has it been? Uh, well, it's laggy sometimes. Like, occasionally you get just a flawless, great connection. Um, and it's a little bit better if you have the, the Ethernet plug-in mm. for the Switch. But uh, the netcode is far and away the worst part of the game. I don't know. We were talking about this off mic a little bit last week. Yeah. I don't know how you mess it up. Like, it's the part of the game that needs to be functional. Right. Yep. And Mario Kart, Splatoon, those work online, like, flawlessly. I don't understand how you have a fighting game drop so many frames. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense at all. It's really, really It really doesn't. But the, uh, the online play, the community is great. Uh, matchmaking's been a little weird because it always is at the beginning. So I come in at my starter. I come in, play, I think, a couple kids and just body them. <laughs> and then people who are really good at Smash come in and body me. And it's like I'm starting to, to level out into that matchmaking where I'm getting good, tight matches every time. Good. That's awesome. I got I to gotta take the plunge. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I think it's a little more fun than the Smash Wii U slash 3DS for glory days, which was just like 1v1 on the Final Destination version of the level. Yeah. Because, like, that's fine, but there's other levels that can be, like, played competitively. Absolutely. Um, I think the limitations of of what they were doing there, and I don't know what the online's like now, but I know uh, in for glory, you know... They didn't give you an opportunity to uh, pick a level, but I also don't think you had the opportunity to... Um, I, I don't recall, so maybe you do, but you couldn't uh, like pick your opponent, right? I don't think so. Right. It just matched you against whoever. Yeah, so you there was no ability to counterpick or anything like that. And even though it's just online... You know that that that's more important than it might seem. Yeah. So to balance everything out and just make it super basic, giving everybody Final Destination is fine for that. But I I, I like you would want to see more out of online than just one one map. 
you know. Like, even if it's just Battlefield in addition to it. Something yeah. to... Because the first couple of weeks of For Gloria was, man, Little Mac sucks in the air, but there's nothing in Final Destination to force him into the air, so... Right. He's just going to run back and forth on you. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but the cool thing about this game <clears throat> is that you can, you know, you can modify it so much that you can basically play on any map you feel like playing on with the stage hazards off. And, yep. you know, if you're not in a tournament, that's perfectly fine. You know? Although, some of the things it calls stage hazards, I feel, are a little bit, like, overblown. As an example. As an example, um, the one time I played with stage hazards off, I've only done this once, the Castle Siege level, mm-hmm. the Fire Emblem one that changes... You couldn't, like, break the statues on the second stage. <laughs> and that's like, okay, I get it. But, I don't know. I like the weird levels like that. And, like, Luigi's Mansion doesn't break either with stage hazards turned off. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I see where you're coming from. I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, it's like, I don't want, you know flying man to show up and kick the shit out of me on magic hand like he does with the stage hazards on but also <laughs> like watching luigi's mansion crumble was one of the coolest parts of brawl yeah actually it is it is really cool but i you know i guess it's a i get it yeah it's like if you want to see that you gotta suffer through some other crap i guess um the the most customizable fighting game of all time as far as i'm concerned Still has a few limitations. Yeah. But it's it's a great game. I'm done complaining about it. That's like my most minor complaint. <laughs> if you guys want to let us know how you feel about Smash Brothers Ultimate, you can uh, hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. We'd love to read your thoughts on the air. We love hearing getting listener mail. It is a highlight every time. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, you can follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. And if you want to give us a like, a share, a subscribe on your platform of choice, hit that notification bell on YouTube, a five-star Apple review, we'd really appreciate it. Um, but mostly, if you like what we do and you want to introduce us to your, to your pals so they can become our pals too, that's the best thing you can do for us. As my good friend Sean Bartley likes to say. It helps us a lot more than it costs you. That's right. And now that all that stuff's out of the way, it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! Alright. But first things first, we got an announcement of an announcement that I'm excited about this week. <laughs> oh boy, another one of those. Yeah. Isn't it great? Don't you love it when people do that? Oh yeah. Uh, Bandai Namco got on Twitter this week and announced they're working on a new Dragon Ball action RPG called Dragon Ball Project Z right now. They're going to announce more details about the game next weekend at the Dragon Ball Fighter Z Worlds. Ooh. But I figured this news story was a good segue for a random question of the week. That's an interesting flip on the old uh, the old Pete special, but okay. So the the random question of the week this week is, what do you want to see out of a Dragon Ball game that's not Dragon Ball Fighter Z? Like, that seems like the perfect Dragon Ball game to me, and I don't know why they like you know I guess to make money, but what what could this game do this Dragon Ball action RPG to get you 
like on the hook and in. Oh boy. <clears throat> um you know what? This is a this is a, this is a weird one. I really don't know how to feel, and that's partially because there is no gameplay, there's no, you know, video, there's nothing but the announcement. Um and I'm not super sure what a game like this would even look like. Dragon Ball Z is known best for its breakneck speed, uh hyper intense fighting, and I don't know if you can replicate that in an action RPG necessarily. Uh, maybe you can, but again, you know, I, I don't know what they know. Um, I do know that Dragon Ball Fighters is one of the best fighting games out in the market by far, and that it makes perfect sense to me why they want to get more Dragon Ball content out there. Um, and it's cool because this game, whatever it's going to be, can serve a different market who maybe don't like fighting games or aren't any good at them, but want to be able to play with Goku and Vegeta and whoever else. So I think that's smart. And quite frankly, the world of Dragon Ball Z is rife for storytelling. So if it's going to be an action RPG and there is going to be, you know, a story in the game that matters, that could be pretty cool because, um, you know, Dragon Ball Z is not, uh, you know, <laughs> The, the stories aren't the greatest, I guess, but yeah. uh, the characters are characters that people like and enjoy seeing. So if we can get an original story, hopefully not a retelling, because they did that to death in the 2000s. Um, if we can get an original story set in the Dragon Ball universe with heroes and villains that we all love, um, that's enough for me, man. You know, gameplay wise, I can't call it because uh, I don't know. I just I just don't I don't know what what that would yeah, look like but i feel you there you know story-wise that's it really that's all i need i i think i'm right in the same boat with you i just the last thing in the world i want is another oh yeah and you get to play your way through the story of dragon ball z like i i've watched it i've played it a hundred times yeah and as much as i love like the cell saga don't need to play through the cell saga again I mean, every single Dragon Ball game from that era was the same thing. You even, know? even Dragon Ball Xenoverse was that. Yeah, and that came out like four years ago. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Xenoverse two was also, but Xenoverse the first one was like make your own character, and then oh look, you show up at all of the same fights from the anime. Right. I didn't even, I didn't even play that, those games. I gave up because I got tired of the repetitiveness. Quite frankly. I'm with you on this one, but hopefully uh, Bandai knows what they're doing and we get some cool original storytelling out of Dragon Ball Project Z, but we'll have more details for you hopefully next week uh, if they announce it before we record the show. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to be able to talk about this further. Yeah, this is uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. In an end to one of Sony's ongoing PR failures. Rocket League has gone fully cross-platform and they announced on the PlayStation website this week um, they haven't set up cross-platform parties yet, but you can set up a lobby. Your friends can join in whatever console they're playing on. I think that is just the easiest good move. It builds up a lot of goodwill. <clears throat> Yeah. I don't know if you play Rocket League, Sean. Uh I've played it once at a friend's house and it was pretty fun. But um I don't I don't actually care about it. What 
I will say, though, is that, you know, this is a story that we talked about um, probably for the last six months of 2018. Yep. Um, you know, as it relates to Rocket League, as it relates to Fortnite. So um, good to see that they're just, you know, they're just caving in. They're just recognizing that this was all silly and uh, that they need to get over themselves a little bit. Yeah, I think that Sony is going to find their footing in 2019. We talked about this a little bit last week, uh, but hopefully Sony gets it together and doesn't uh, stumble the way they did last year. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes, you know, these these big corporations and companies, and this is something I've been feeling lately, you know, you forget that we're talking about things that are supposed to just be fun for people, right? And so, what would ever be a great reason to limit fun? You know? Uh, you, um, you only want to have fun on the PlayStation. No fun <laughs> on Xbox. And and think about, just think about, like, you know, you never want to be the guy at the party or the girl at the party or whatever you are. Uh, that's, you know, not fun or that's not, you know, engaging with everybody or, you know... You want to, you want to, you know, make it so that you're having fun with everybody and facilitating people to have an enjoyable time. And uh, Sony just hasn't been that, and they're they've not been cool lately because of that. So, you know, I think I think it's time for them to just get over all the 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 BS and uh, you know, let's just let people have fun with their I friends. Like that. Have fun with their friends. Or Cruster a friend's skull into a thousand pieces. Because next up, we got that second one. Ed Boon had the Mortal Kombat 11 reveal spectacular this week. Yes. We got story trailers. We got gameplay, gameplay presentations. And man, does it all look brutal. Oh boy, does it look brutal. Uh... <laughs> This game is is something, man. Um, it, it looks like Mortal Kombat. It looks exactly like Mortal Kombat is supposed to look when it comes to the brutality and the, you know, the <laughs> yeah. It's the it's violence. been a long time since I played a Mortal Kombat game proper. Is the uh, the one fatality they had they showed off for Sonya where she pulls out people's blood and then kills them with it? Is that like just par for the course now? Oh, that was that we're doing in the Mortal Kombat land. That wasn't Sonya. Oh, sorry. That was Scarlet. Scarlet, not yeah. me. That Sonya was the the helicopter. One. Yeah, but that is what we're on now. You're absolutely right. We are on. <laughs> we are on pulling the blood out of people. At this I point. remember when just ripping a guy's head off was controversially violent. Yeah, no, not enough anymore for uh, <laughs> for the Mortal Kombat crowd. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to just dive right into the game? Yeah. Or? Let's- Let's just dive right into the game. I, like I said, have never really played Mortal Kombat, but I know that you're a fighting games guy. What did you think? All right, so Mortal Kombat is a game that I've been, you know, I've been playing these games since, you know, gosh, since I was born, you know, since the first one. Um, And I really do enjoy the gameplay. Mortal Kombat, though, has, in later years, I, I kind of, shifted in in terms of what style of fighting game I enjoy. I really do uh, like a lot of slower-paced gameplay. 
uh, more methodical stuff, which is why I gravitate so much towards Street Fighter, because it's very methodical and sort of bread and buttery. Uh, Whereas Mortal Kombat often either has outrageous combos or the run mechanic, which I really don't enjoy. I think it it speeds up the game too much for me, personally. Um, This game has actually removed the run mechanic and shortened the combos, which I really, really enjoy. I like that a lot. Um, Yeah, I... I noticed one of the things they were saying in the presentation was that they were they wanted to take the focus off of combos and more on hitting like one or two real big moves. Right. And so it becomes a game where every decision that you make in the in neutral uh, which is what they refer to when, you know, neither player is necessarily on the play, you know, pressing advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every decision that you make in neutral really does matter, but you're never too far out of the game uh in prior games of mortal Kombat, or you know like even games like um marvel versus capcom you get hit and now you all of a sudden have 50 percent or less of your health and i've never found that fun uh even if i'm doing that to someone else i don't find it fun so i love the fact that this game is going to be all right it's a chess match. You make a series of right or wrong decisions, and that's going to influence the game in a major, major, major way. Um, but you can still try to work your way back in. It's never over until it's over. Uh, so that's something that I really, really like. And then, you know, we haven't seen a ton of the characters that are in the game, but um, Baraka's back, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's a, he's a, yeah. a big favorite of a lot of people. Um, yeah, he looks fun too. Yeah, just stabbing people. Yep, uh, Raiden got a, a personality and a gear makeover, so he's looking interesting. Um, <laughs> and Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda Rousey is Sonya. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I, at first, because I, I didn't watch this uh, reveal event live or anything. And uh, people were talking about Ronda Rousey, and I thought, is she in this in the game? Like, is she just is she a, a, one of the warriors? Um, but no, she's she's the voice of Sonya, and that's fine. I don't really care one way or the other. That's not going to influence my purchase. Um, I am a Sonya player. I like Sonya a lot. So, all right, I guess I'll be hearing Ronda Rousey's voice a lot more than I already do because I watch Monday Night Raw every week, and she's on that. <laughs> so. Oh, she's on Raw now? Yeah, she's I, in WWE. Okay. Uh, she. I remember she won a bunch of fights in, like, UFC and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Well, because she, she lost for, some fights, uh, and then she didn't know okay. how to deal with that. Okay. So she dipped. But she's been a, lo- a lifelong wrestling fan, so, you know, it's it's cool for her, I guess. Um, shifting back to the to the game to Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um the other cool thing is the sort of um separation I guess of the meters. Typically if you've ever played a Mortal Kombat game, there's one meter that kind of controls all the special stuff that you can do. Um and now they've kind of separated those and um it just gives you more gameplay options. Um, and again, making it a game where, all right, you've really got to know how the mechanics work and you're never 
too out of the woods in the sense that, all right, your opponent knocks you down, all right, well, you can use that meter that you built on the defensive end to roll out, you know, Um, and that's going to get you out of this bad situation that you're in. Or if you want to extend your combo and do a little more damage, you can use this meter that you've built to do that. So I really like systems like that, Um, and I think this is a great step forward. This looks like a really technically sound fighting game so far and we'll see you know how things look in april when it drops yeah um it comes out april 23rd i'm very interested to hear your thoughts on it once you get your hands on the game itself but i'm glad that uh i'm glad that you like what you've seen so far yeah and we'll keep following this one i'm sure we're gonna get like one or two off the wall characters that feels like a mortal Kombat thing right yeah i mean we've you know we talked on the show uh, a few weeks ago about what potential uh, special characters we might see you know from other franchises mm-hmm. and they haven't obviously talked about that yet but it wouldn't be a nether realms game if you didn't get that so the expectation is 100,000 percent that we're gonna see <laughs> some really cool stuff uh going forward cool well in a, a little bit of a, a ratchet down from the excitement around mortal kombat 11 we got some data miner news mm. Yeah, uh, they found some Super Nintendo titles in the NES online app on the Switch. So those games that come with your Switch online subscription. Um, they found, you know, pretty standard Super Nintendo titles in the code for that. Your Super Mario Worlds, your Link to the Past, your Super Metroids. But it's pretty cool, I think. It's a, it's a, a minor news story as we ramp back up towards our meat and potatoes. But yeah, I, go ahead. I am looking forward to the opportunity to just have them around, you know? Like, you're on the train, you want to play a little bit of Super Mario World, but bang out a level or two here, you don't want to settle into something hard. Uh, Yeah, I mean, these are games that are, you know, considered classics for a reason, right? Yeah. Uh, So, it's never... There's never going to be a time, I don't think, in my life where I could have the option of playing most of the games that are here, and I would just not want to do it. Uh, There have been plenty of times in my life where I've had, you know, an hour or whatever, and I've just plugged in an old game, you know, an old Sega game, even an old, you know, some of these games. Um, And, yeah, (laughs) these are games people want to play. There's no reason to not have access to them, you know? I, I don't know why how the Switch has been out for two years now, and the the retro games, which, that, that library's got to be Nintendo's, like, biggest strength, right? It's, it's got all these great IPs, and it's just not letting us play them. Yeah, I, does that not have something to do, though, with the release of the, the classic consoles? It might, but they always talked about those as, like, collector's items, and, you know, we don't want everyone to be able to get it. We want it to be, like, a special thing that we make a one-off run of. Right. Well, maybe now that that run yeah. has closed, because they did they did announce that they were done uh, producing them, I believe, right? We talked about that. Yeah, um, I think so. Given that fact, now maybe is the time where we're going to see them unlock these games. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great, because... I would really love to go back to some of them and just have them with me, you know? Yeah. You know what kills me, though, man? Uh, There are so many games uh, 
and you know, I'm talking you know, for me. I grew up with Sega. I didn't grow up with Nintendo. Okay. Uh, so there are so many games that are just not available anymore. And you know, we talked. We've talked about this ad nauseum. So I'm not going to get into a whole diatribe, but um, just as a fan, um, there are so many games that, for rights reasons um, or other reasons, will probably never see the light of day ever again. And it's pretty frustrating that emulators are, you know, sort of frowned upon in that respect and obviously not legal. Um, mm-hmm. Because these are games that, you know, the creators and everyone else should want us to be able to experience. And it's not like you can just go buy a Sega from Sega so that they can see the money so that you can do the right thing. It's not possible yeah. anymore. So what's the big deal? I. 100% agree, and I really do wish that uh, publishers and console makers were looked at their history with more of a preservationist lens. Because, like, once Sega got out of the console game, like, Sega just stopped caring about the history of Sega, it feels like. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, and even, you know, I, I think we'd all love to see a... I mean, maybe I'm mistaken. There is there there never was a Sega Classic released, right? We didn't get that. There was, I think, a non-Sega party made them, and yes. they weren't very good. Okay, right. That's what I thought. Um, Sega hasn't produced their own, which I would imagine has to happen at some point. Um, but even if they did, there are so, so, so many classic, or at least classic to me, uh, Sega games that would not be a part of that. And uh, I think... There's got to be a way that these people can come to a conclusion or an agreement about a way to, you know, make it so that these games don't die. And Pete's, you know, Pete yeah. goes on about that all the time. And he's right when it comes to these older games that there's just no way to resurrect without emulators. That should not be illegal. I get it for Nintendo. Nintendo makes money still off of those games. What about the games on Nintendo consoles that they can never bring back? Like, they Absolutely. have X-Men games on there. They're not going to partner with Marvel or whoever else made those games to, to, to resurrect them and put them on their oh, modern titles. Those X-Men titles. games are so good. Yeah, too. exactly. So, but how would an 11-year-old yeah. know that? They can't know that. They can't. Uh, it's, uh, it's really disappointing. Yep. It's, it's so, if you're, you're out there listening to this podcast, Nintendo bigwigs, like, <laughs> figure it out. Figure out a way to let us play and continue playing older games because there's like there's history there. There's genuinely great gameplay experiences that hold up that we're not able to play anymore without you know bending over backwards or breaking the law. And there's got to be some way to like figure it out. Yeah, sorry for the rant. I just uh... oh no, I hundred percent agree with you. This is a rant friendly podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so this is an unconfirmed rumor for our next news story that I really, really, really hope to God isn't true. Oh, boy. Apparently, Legendary may be planning another Pokemon movie to retell the story of Pokemon Red and Blue. Ooh. And would be set in the same universe as Detective Pikachu, but the two stories wouldn't be related. So, I'm ready for more horrifying real-life Detective Pikachu Pokemon. I'm very excited about that movie. But... I don't know that we need to retell the story of Pokemon Red and Blue again. 
Um, I think the anime's done that like four times now. That's different they though. Remade Pokemon Red and Blue twice. I, I mean, yeah, but that, but how many, how many people that are fans of Pokemon have uh, been passed over by that, or or have passed that over? You know, there are a lot of people who like Pokemon from afar. I happen to be one of those in the sense that I don't buy every Pokemon game. I don't consume every piece of Pokemon media. Um, I, I don't, um, you know, I love Pokemon, but I'm not hungry for every single thing that they put out. And so in that respect, this is something that will hit a lot of people who have nostalgia for their old days. Um, and that's a, that's a really good thing to do when you are quite frankly, living off that. I think in a lot of ways, Pokemon does live off nostalgia and there are also a lot of younger people who may never have seen uh, the story of Pokemon Red and Blue. Not that it's this revolutionary, incredible storyline, right? It's, you know, it's pretty generic. Um, but that's also part of why I think it works in that um, it is so simple and it's it's really easy to enjoy. So while you're right, they have retold that story a few times. Um, they've also done it in, in different ways too, right? So um, I watched one that was like shorter it was bite-sized i forget how many episodes it was exactly but it was far 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 shorter than the original series and it was more mature i want to say yeah that one was great Uh, i forget what it was called maybe pokemon generations or something something like that i can't recall but um that was really awesome when you need him yeah right uh i mean he has a concussion what are you gonna do and um that was really cool so if you want to give me something similar to that in live action, I am absolutely here for it. Uh, yes, you could also tell an original story, but I think we all know, like, if I'm going to watch a Pokemon movie that's going to be live action for the very, very first time, I want to see those original um, those original Pokemon. I want to see that. I would like to see the original characters. Would it also be cool to see a, a Pokemon movie set in the real world without fake Kanto? Um, and, you know, uh, and about, you know, something different? That could be interesting. But I think Pokemon almost has to exist in a world that's adjacent to ours, but not quite ours. You know, I think I think you turned me around on this one. Oh, wow. I'm shocked. Yeah. I... I'm not, like, against it. I wasn't against it, per se. I just wasn't excited for that same story again. Mm. But I think I think you're right. And I think that trading on nostalgia, like, could be cool for this. And that it does have to exist in a world that's almost but not quite ours. Because it'd be super weird if it was just like, yeah, show me Charizard in New York City. Right, like I don't actually think I want to think about the implications of that in a real way. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't want to think about what it would be like if Charizard just unleashed his fire in the middle of Times Square. You know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. 
But I, this is something that you know, if they do, and if Detective Pikachu ends up being a good a good thing, and if it works, and if they make this movie, I I will be the first person in line on on Thursday night to watch it. Um, and it, and and I would say this speaks to the confidence, by the way, of Legendary in Detective Pikachu that they're already thinking and talking about the next step. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm very excited for Detective Pikachu. Um, that comes out in May, I think. Something like that, right? Yeah, it comes out in the early summer when your big blockbuster movies come out. Yeah, so we'll be getting Detective Pikachu May 10th. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited for Detective Pikachu. I know a couple weeks ago you guys talked about the the rumors about a like remake of Mewtwo Strikes Back, yeah. right? Yep. Yep, I think that is another remake that I'm not necessarily excited about, but I think could be cool. And I think this could be great. Um, hopefully we get the, the Pokemon Cinematic Universe <laughs> back in action. Oh, man. Could you imagine if that if we end up with a, a robust and vibrant Pokemon universe on film, live action... That people are actually into. Never, it's, never in my wildest dreams that I imagined that we would I mean, actually get to this point. The MCU changed everything, Sean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, so we got one more. It's a doozy. It's going to lead us into our meat and potatoes, and it's a bit of a bummer. It came out this week that EA is canceling the open-world Star Wars game that they announced when they shut down Visceral Games. Um, that was led... Oh, sorry. That one... The one that they canceled with Visceral Games was called Ragtag. This one was called Orca. But they were the same thing. You would have played as a scoundrel or a bounty hunter across several open-world planets. And I can feel myself playing that game, and I want it so bad. And it broke my heart <laughs> that it was canceled. Uh this is a long quote that comes from an article by Kotaku's Jason Schreier uh, that I think sets the tone pretty well. When EA's top decision makers looked at their roadmap for the next few years, they decided they needed something earlier than the planned release date for Orca, according to two people familiar with what happened. So they canceled Orca in favor of a smaller scale Star Wars project that's now aimed for much sooner, likely late 2020, which happens to be around the time that I've heard next-gen consoles will launch. Might be a bit earlier, might be a bit later. From what I've heard, next-gen plans are definitely still in flux. EA's statement about it was, There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As the natural part of the creative projects, uh, process, sorry, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. Hmm. This is the third big-budget outlaw Star Wars game now that's been canceled. There was that visceral one. There was uh, Star Wars 1313 that LucasArts was making before Disney bought all of Star Wars. Uh-huh. And I, every time that this game gets announced, I get excited. Every time they get canceled, I am disappointed. I would love to play that version of Star Wars. <sighs> it's a bummer. It is. Uh, I don't think there's any way around it. We, you know... We all want to see Star Wars on 
you know, on 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 console. Um, it, it's weird that there really isn't one available right now. I mean, you know, Battlefront Two, I guess, if you're still playing that for whatever reason. Um, but Star Wars has made a home on consoles since I can remember. Uh, there has mm-hmm. been a Star Wars game on every console I've ever owned. I'm pretty sure. Yes, that's correct. Um, maybe not the Sega, quite frankly, but every other one that I can remember, I've I've played a Star Wars game on that console, and it's odd that there's not anything out right now that people are into, uh, and it's, it's odd that they can't figure out a way to get us a game that uh, we care about or or, or that's going to be good. Yeah, I so much of my love for Star Wars comes from my experiences with the games. Like I grew up playing the Jedi Knight games. KOTOR, you know, everybody loves. And the fact that we can't get a good Star Wars game on modern consoles with the technology we have now breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, apparently, they they want to get a game out faster. I guess. And I, I hope it's cool. Like... I'm I'm sure it'll just end up being Star Wars Battlefront three though. Frankly, I really really hope that's not the case. I gotta say, um, that that's really frustrating. If if that's all we get, because that is not, I don't know, man. Star Wars isn't Call of Duty, right? You know, you don't need to annualize it or. Anything like that. Star Wars is best known for deep storytelling, um, awesome you know battles on land or uh, between Jedi and Sith, and also in the air, um, mm-hmm. you know dogfights. And I I don't think that the only way to present those elements is through a Call of Duty type of game. I think there's a lot more you can do, and I want them to do that. Yeah, um, theoretically, we've still got uh, Jedi Fallen Order coming out later this year from Respawn, but I think that runs a big risk of being Jedi Call of Duty. Like, Respawn is a studio of guys that left making Call of Duty to make Titanfall. Right. And as good as the Titanfall games are, they're still just, you know, I don't know what the proper term for the genre is, but they're that kind of, like, fast shooter, and... Titanfall 2 had an okay campaign, but Titanfall 1 didn't even have one. Do we know anything at all about uh, what Fallen Order is? Have they talked about it? Um, They had the head of Respawn just announce it and blabber about it for like a minute at E3. And if I remember correctly, it's a shooter set between the, the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. You play a Jedi in the Fallout of Order 66 struggling to survive with the might of the empire after you and that's fine all right yeah you know um i don't know man i i have been waiting for knights of the old republic 3 forever and so go ahead that in the fallout of canceling this game Jason Schreier of Kotaku also reported on Twitter that Bioware has tried and failed multiple times to get KOTOR, off, KOTOR 3 off the ground at EA. Because EA won't allow it? 
That's yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, they have no reason to. Right. There's no good reason for EA to allow that game to be made because The Old Republic is still a game. Mm-hmm. So, I just... I don't know, man. I it just feels so strange because the the Knights of the Old Republic series was such a great series. It's weird that the Old Republic is not super popular. Um, I I was very excited for them to make that game. I wanted that game, um, but it's hard to tell stories that are really really great. Um, in an MMO setting. It's very, very difficult to do. And guess what? A lot of people don't care about MMOs. On top of that, even me, you know, I'm an MMO guy. Yeah. I want to play this, that that type of story in a game where I don't need anyone else. You know, I don't want to I... have to collect, you know, 20 sheep's skins, <laughs> you know, to, to see the next portion of the story. That's silliness. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm not an MMO guy, but when uh, The Old Republic went free-to-play, I said, okay, I'll check it out. And the story was, it felt fine. Like, I was enjoying doing the Bioware dialogue wheel and everything. But man, like, that didn't work as, like, fundamentally with the MMO gameplay and the story they were trying to tell. It felt so weird. Yeah. To be like, yes, you're the new Jedi and you have to go do all these things. But also, like, first you need to find a group and kill these snakes that are bothering a farmer. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's actually, that goes against what you're supposed to sort of feel like as a Jedi. You're not supposed to feel like, yeah. oh, I need to go get 20 other people. You know, like I've watched some of the rating and it's like, cool, I guess. But you're you're you'll be you know with with your friends you know 10 other people however many other people fighting a robot okay i've never seen a star wars movie in which the 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 jedi can't yeah. solo robots those robots are goons you know it just doesn't work it's it's it doesn't work it doesn't i don't think that it should be this hard to figure out what a good Star Wars game ought to be. It's it's not this hard. It's it's look, EA has a certain vision for what it is that they want out of mm-hmm. all the games that they make. And we already understand what that vision is because we've all complained about EA for a long, long time. And but EA has control over the Star Wars franchise and this is what they're gonna do. This is all they're gonna do. Um, it's weird that EA are the same people who understood and produced Knights of the Old Republic, right? They were the guys who put that out. I believe so. Yeah, uh, yeah. they've had the they've had the rights to Star Wars forever, so they got it back then. There were a lot of diverse Star Wars games in the two thousands, mm-hmm. and now nothing. It's so weird, too, that, like, now when the franchise is as big as it's ever been in my life, like, I don't remember people being as excited about Star Wars as when The Force Awakens was coming out, ever. Yeah. Like, nobody cared about the prequels that much. No. And, like, it would have been so easy to, like, 
and put out a genuinely good game. Well, I don't want to say it's easy to put out a good game, but you know, like EA's got so much resources and so many teams that they could have found a good game somewhere. But uh, they want everything to be FIFA, apparently, and make the money FIFA makes. That's the problem. They're driven primarily by how much money can this game make year over year? You know, how much money Mm -hmm. can this generate for us until we get the next installment out? Uh, If it's not going to be annual, okay, cool. Well, what's the system to get people to spend double the amount of money that they paid for the game over the next, you know, however long? Yep. That's really, really frustrating. Gone are the days of just making a game and being comfortable with the profit it makes off the sale of the game. Right. Or of a meaningful expansion pack. Yeah. I miss those. You could buy your game, finish it, it was a complete experience, and then for half the price you could get an extra, like, half of the game in, hey, this isn't a full game, but we wanted to make it anyway. Well, let's look at at something like Marvel Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man is a hot character right now. He's he's hotter than he's been in a while, quite frankly. And they put out a game, and the game, by all accounts, is, you know, a modern classic, right? It's It's an incredible game. It has had, what, two DLC packs so far? Mm-hmm. That add to the story, give you, you know, some new costumes, new villains, whatever. You call it a day. What else do you need? If the game is good, people will buy it in droves. EA has the luxury of being able to sell their games on multiple consoles. It's not as if they can only make PS4 money. Marvel Spider-Man can only make PS4 money. And it did phenomenally well. Yeah. And it's not like... I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard to make a good Star Wars game. I don't know that Uh, it is. Yeah, I don't... EA is very frustrating. In in your notes here, you've yep. got... You've got um, that EA has a very specific vision of what a Star Wars game is. Uh, so, Jedi and lightsabers yep. and whatnot. Yep. Hey, uh, I was go ahead. just about to get to that. Cool, go for it. Yeah, um, so that's another thing from uh, Jason Schreier, who's done a bunch of great reporting on this whole EA Star Wars saga... I can't recommend his uh, long-form piece about EA's time as the holder of the exclusive Star Wars license enough. But one of the big takeaways from that and the Twitter conversations around it is that EA has a very focused grouped vision of Star Wars that they push on their devs. Um, People will walk in and look at a game in progress and say, oh, but it's Star Wars, where's Chewbacca? Or what are the lightsabers? And that's... Star Wars is those things, but it's so much more than those things. Um, You've got the Jedis, you've got the Scoundrels, you've got characters like, I don't know, Revan, who could only exist in a video game, but is so Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, everything Star Wars is Star Wars, you know? Everything we've ever seen is Star Wars. And the, the games of old, like... Guides to the Old Republic found ways to implement all of that, where you could be right. any kind of character that you wanted to be. Obviously, in you know, Knights of the Old Republic, you kind of did have to eventually just be a Jedi or a Sith. But 
you know, at least in the early game, especially in the early yeah. game, you could implement whatever into your character's personality. With modern technology, there's no reason why the game can't allow you to take any path. This is Bioware we're talking about. Yeah. You can be anything. You should be able to be anything. And the game should support that. The story should support that. EA used to know that. They should be able to get that back. I really hope they do. I. It's been so long since we've had a, a great Star Wars game. I can't even think of what the last one was. Um, a great Star Wars game, a gr- like a a truly great Star Wars game. I, I don't know if if Kotor two or the Last Jedi Knight game came out more recently, but those are the only ones I can think of. Well, and like even Kotor two was right not great when it launched. Kotor two. I'm not sure is great, period. I love the game. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of that game. Uh, it is held back by the fact that it was rushed. You can mm-hmm. feel it when you play. It's, you know, it's very clear. And they've never, you know, the developers have never made any bones about it. They've always admitted that that's what it was. Um, so it, it actually represents a great failure in the sense that it really could have been something great and i'll play it until i die but i'll i'll also i have to acknowledge the reality you know um i don't know it's unfortunate that they can't figure this thing out and i hope that the continued conversation around this forces ea's hand but the reality is when you look at this article and it says that they canceled a game because they needed something sooner Right. I'm always one to try to look at the other side, right? Always, always, always. Is EA in need of money? Is that what we're talking about? Like, or, I guess I don't know. They, I think they just want to have a launch title in the next gens, and that makes sense. But I don't know how canceling a project that's been in production for years to start a new thing is going to get a good game out faster. You know? It just it just smacks of, you know, corporate suits, you know, have what wanting what they want and mm-hmm. I mean, why like I get it, creative stuff, you know, sometimes you don't get to put out what you want and and you know, they're they're funding your game. But this happens constantly, it feels like, with EA and Star Wars. It's nonstop. Yep. And it's... The games we get are never the ones that uh, that people are excited about. Like, it was, oh, well, Battlefield 2 kind of sucked, but hey... Or Battlefront 2, sorry. Battlefront 2 kind of sucked, but hey, we've got this, you know, third-person open-world bounty hunter game. It's coming, guys, we promise. Yeah. And that was hype. And that was hype. And I don't know that this is a good deal for... Like, I think this ends up hurting Star Wars as a whole, right? No. No? I, no. I think Star Wars is is an enduring brand. I mean, if they survived those prequels, they'll survive anything. <laughs> Fair. Um, 
it, and I don't even know that it hurts Star Wars and gaming. I think that there are a lot of people who feel like us in the sense that they're just clamoring for something great, but they'll come when it when it arrives. You know, um, shoot, I I bought uh, Battlefront, the, not not Battlefront two, but the original Battlefront. Not I'm sorry, not the original Battlefront, <laughs> the second first Battlefront. Okay. Whew. And uh, <laughs> I didn't even care about it. Really, I was just like, "Oh, Star Wars on console again? Let's go!" You know, um, and I played yeah. it for two seconds. It was a similar experience for me. I picked it up, and then I put it right down. Yeah, it was disappointing. I again, I really hope that they get it right someday, or that somebody else gets it right, and Disney takes this license away from EA because I don't think they're doing right by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. Any uh, any other thoughts on this? Nah, man. I, I think I'm content to leave it there. Yeah. If, if you want to let us know your thoughts on Star Wars, if you think that Battlefront 2 was a great game that we're not giving a fair shake to, uh, you can email us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. If... I am so sorry. <laughs> Whoa. I just like my eyes just went way out of focus there. Um, so I'm going to take another pass at that whole thing. Do it up. So if you want to let us know your thoughts on Star Wars, if you think we're not giving Battlefront 2 a, a fair shake and that EA is doing a great job, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com or you can follow our sister show on social media at the comics pals wherever you get your social media and sean if the kids want to hit you in person i'm so sorry sean (laughs) if the kids want to hit you up personally where can they find you well if the kids want to hit me up and hit me in person uh they can shoot their shot by coming to manhattan (laughs) new york uh washington heights walk around asking for sean (laughs) yeah um but no if you want to get more from me i am Obviously on the Comics Pals uh, as the host over there. Uh, this week, uh, boy, we talked about, we, we had a heavy conversation about Kickstarter and comics and how that has affected the industry both positively and negatively and what the industry has to do to cultivate new talent because it is not a thing that the comic book industry does. We also talked a little bit about Punisher Season 2 uh, with a full review of that coming for you guys next week. And we talked about the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer and all the little secrets that it includes and what it could mean for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, we've got a lot of cool stuff over there. And if you want me on social media, I am on Twitter and Instagram, at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about Star Wars. If you want to hit me up to talk about Star Wars, you can find me at Tiger underscore Millions on Twitter. Uh, You can also talk to me about pirates, but nobody ever does. No, they never will. No one All right. So that's going to do it for us here on episode 90 of the Video Game Pals. God, I can't believe we've done 90 shows. I know, it's crazy. It feels like it's been five. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys.